We're starting a brand new sermon series today that we're calling Choose Your Character. Now through Mother's Day, each week we're going to look at some of the people that met Jesus face-to-face and interacted with him throughout the end of the book of John. And the idea is not so much to choose the character and the story that you think is the most interesting or most related to your personality, so much as to identify the character traits that these individuals are exhibiting as they interact with Jesus Christ, and then choose your character in response. Some of these folks will exhibit good characteristics that we'll want to emulate, and others will exhibit character flaws that we'll obviously want to avoid in our own lives. But each week in this series, we're going to have the opportunity to choose to develop an area of our character as we interact with Jesus and with his word. Today, I want to invite you to take a close look at the 12 disciples, all acting as a group in these moments and demonstrating a character trait that we could call insecurity. When life and the world around them just got crazy, their character was tested and they failed. When the one that they trusted the most failed to answer their questions with the answers that they wanted to hear, They were too insecure to continue trusting him. Simply put, the foundation of their faith was less secure than they thought it was. Now first, let me paint the picture of this encounter with Jesus Christ and these 12 disciples. These 12 men had been following their leader at this point for three full years. He taught them daily and he trained them diligently and he showed them things that they had never ever seen before. And in the process of all this, they saw who Jesus really was, that he was who he said he was and could do what he said only he could do. In fact, months before the interaction we're going to be looking at today, in John chapter 6, one of his followers put it this way, you have the words of eternal life. We have come to believe and to know that you are the Holy One of God. That was months ago. And now, in these moments, he had just warned them that he was going to leave them in a little while. Here in that upper room, before he went to the cross on our behalf, through three chapters of the book of John, he was focused on preparing them by getting them to focus on him. But they were focused on their own concerns, their unresolved issues, their unanswered questions, their fears about the future, and even the burdens they were facing in their present. Many of these burdens for them had an awful lot to do with their confusion and frustration as they kept getting answers from Jesus that were different than what they wanted to hear in response to their concerns and questions. In fact, one verse in John chapter 16, verse 18, can sum up this entire three-chapter interaction that should have been so meaningful in preparing them if they'd only been focused on the right thing. And this verse says, they kept asking, what does he mean by a little while? We don't understand what he's saying. Now, I want you to pause for a moment. Pause the video if you need to. Go find a Bible in your home, wherever you're gathered to to watch this uh, video and participate in this worship service, and get that copy of God's Word in front of you, and then open it up to John chapter 16. I would love for us to be able to read together 
God's word and proclaim it, even though we're dispersed throughout all of northern Michigan. Once you get your Bible ready, you can hit play again. And now I'll stand in honor of God's word as we read John chapter 16, verse 28 through 33. And here we find these words. I came from the Father and entered the world. Now I am leaving the world and going back to the Father. Then Jesus' disciples said, Now you are speaking clearly and without figures of speech. Now we can see that you know all things and that you do not even need anyone to ask you questions. This makes us believe that you came from God. Do you now believe, Jesus replied? A time is coming, and in fact has come, when you will be scattered, each of you, to your own home. You will leave me all alone, yet I am not alone, for my Father is with me. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Let's take a moment to unite our hearts all together wherever we are this morning in prayer to our God. Our Father and our God, we pause this morning and in the midst of all our challenges and struggles and burdens that we bear this week, we thank you for teaching us through your word and through the power of your Holy Spirit all that we need to know. This week we have so many questions, so many concerns, so many burdens that so many of us are carrying. In the midst of all this craziness in the world around us, would you make us secure in our relationship with you? Would you allow us to build our character and our understanding of you? And would you allow us to choose the kind of character that we're going to have and whether or not we're going to focus on our burdens or on you. And all God's people dispersed throughout all of northern Michigan in one accord said, Amen. You know, the idea behind this series is that we often see things in other people that we sometimes fail to see in ourselves, whether good or bad. And you might consider this proverb, that most of us learn from our own mistakes a wise man learns from the mistakes of others. A fool never learns. And we want to be one of those who learns and ideally even learn from the mistakes of these disciples. So let's take a closer look at this interaction with Jesus and the weaknesses of these disciples and their insecurities that they're showing in order to strengthen our own faith and character as we use the mirror of God's word and the power of his Holy Spirit to teach us. As we look in verse 28, the first verse that we read a moment ago, what Jesus says here, I have, yeah, I, that I, now leaving the world and going back to the Father, after all of the questions that the disciples had asked, after all of the answers that Jesus had given, they should have known that this meant he was going to die, but they didn't. They were more focused on their interests than they were on their leader. And still, this was the clearest answer that they'd received in some time, so they were willing to take it. Their faith was renewed in these words. Their leader did know all things. And all the questions to their answers, even 
if they didn't quite understand it. In verse 30, after, 30, after three years of learning at the feet of the master, after three hours likely in this room of hearing the most important things being reinforced, this entire question and answer session, this is the moment where his disciples, all acting as a group, said, this makes us believe. You can imagine this Jesus' response in verse 33 that he must have had sorrow in his voice when he said, do you now believe? After all this time? Literally, the word now means in this moment, at this particular juncture, in this moment, after all that we've been through together, after all that I've shared with you, after all that I thought you had learned, this is the moment that you finally became convinced? It's reminiscent of much earlier in this very same conversation when Philip happened to be the one who was asking impatient questions and getting frustrated by the answers. In John 14, 9, Jesus answered him and said, Don't you know me, Philip? even after I've been among you for such a long time. This wasn't a one-off or even twice in the same night lapse in judgment and faith. This is the pattern of three years where the disciples sometimes would show allegiance to Jesus and, and trust him through even the, the most difficult circumstances and other times be so distracted that they would find their faith to be shaken. And here in verse 32, we see that Jesus did know the future. He says, a time is coming and in fact has come when you will be scattered. Kind of like all of us are this morning, isn't it? You see, Jesus did know all things for them as well. And they wanted to know the details that mattered to them. What would make them feel better? What would help them to feel more secure about the future? And Jesus was trying to get them to focus on him. Here, Jesus reveals that their future was to abandon him. He was right, of course. When things got difficult, when they got crazy, when they got hard, when, when, and they got unexpectedly scary, when things were different than they had ever expected them to be, the disciples lost their faith. And when their leader didn't rescue them from the trouble they were facing, or the danger, or the difficulty or explain the details of their future. Their insecurities became greater than their convictions. Now, we got to give them credit. The disciples managed to follow and stick with Jesus even when everyone else had turned away from him. The disciples would eventually recover from their doubt and disbelief in these moments. When they saw Jesus again, this time he would be risen from the dead. And they would see someone who was dead and is now alive. And that miracle renewed their focus on him where it should have been all along. That miracle caused them to have the kind of real, secure, confident, unshakable faith that was able to change the world in the coming days and months and years, even after Jesus returned to heaven and left his mission to them. In verse 33, we see that Jesus wanted... and in the next chapter of John, spends a great deal of time praying for them and for us that they would keep their eyes fixed on him through the hardships and that he knew 
that they would be able to experience peace no matter how crazy life got if they received that peace from him. But they would never be able to experience that level of peace in themselves, regardless of the circumstances. They would never be able to experience peace from how much they knew about the future or how much they were able to overcome their difficulties and burdens in the present. You see, Jesus' summary of what was to come should have been enough for them when he says in verse 33, in this world you will have trouble. So don't be surprised by it. And yet, somehow, they were. When things went different than expected, when trouble came, they were surprised. They were shaken. They were once again focused only on themselves. Because at this time, the simple fact is their God was themselves even more than it was Jesus. The questions that they knew the answers to was more important than the one who knew what they didn't. The situations that they could control, or at least understand, was really what they were putting their trust in. Anything outside of that caused them to struggle to trust. So when the trouble came, when the unexpected occurred, when the difficulty arose, when the questions that they had didn't have immediate answers, their God was no longer as big as their burdens. When they were no longer secure, they abandoned their faith. And they returned only when Jesus really did become their God once again. Then they found peace in him, no matter the crisis. Then they found that security in knowing him, even if they didn't know what would happen next. Then they trusted him to reveal the answers in his time, in his way, even if they didn't know the right questions to ask. So I want you to consider the burdens that you're facing right now during these uncertain times that we're all experiencing. And I know for some of us, those burdens are many. They're heavy, they're severe. There's lots of significant questions about what's going to happen tomorrow and how we're going to get through it. Right now, we're facing a test of our character. Right now, we're experiencing the unexpected. Consider, until last week, we had kids who had to go to school, and now they can't. Just one week ago, we were free to go to church, and now it's forbidden to gather, as we're accustomed to doing each Sunday in the same room in three different locations. Recently, most of us were secure in our health. Now many of us are scared that we might get a virus. The fact of the matter is, just a little while ago, we were confident we'd find whatever groceries or supplies we needed in any store in America, including toilet paper. Now, we don't know if we can. We even begin to wonder if we'll be allowed to go to the store sometime soon. And with all these unknowns, with all these unexpected circumstances around us, with all the trouble that has come our way and landed directly in our laps, is your God bigger than your burdens? Because the, matter, the fact of the matter is that if your God is your confidence in what you know, 
If your God is your confidence in your job, or in your government, or in your health, or even in your church, you've selected an unsecure place to put your confidence. If your God is knowing or controlling where your next meal is going to come from, or how you're going to get through the next ordeal that you don't even know what it is yet, it's likely you won't pass the test of your character that's coming your way. If your God is getting your answers for your questions from your God in the way that you want to hear them, you may find it hard to continue to trust him in the coming days. And maybe right now you're asking him to take away this coronavirus or that he'll protect your job or spare your business or that he'll bring stability or at least sanity to this world. Or maybe you're asking him to get your kids back into school and you back to life. Or maybe you're just asking that he would provide one pack of toilet paper next time you go to the store looking for it. What if his answer isn't the one that you want to hear? Will your God still be bigger than those burdens? The reason why all of these places of our confidence and, and sources of security are not sufficient is because all of them have the focus upon ourselves. We will never find security in what we can bring to the table. But watch this. If we do what Jesus prepared us as his followers to do when the time of trouble comes, to remain focused on him rather than ourselves, if your God is Jesus, you can be confident that he is bigger than every one of your burdens. You can have peace even in the trouble that we all know will come. You can know that your God has overcome the world. If your God is Jesus, that means you are not. And if your God is Jesus, and you are not your own God, then you don't have to have all the answers. It's enough to know that you will have trouble, don't even need to know exactly what it is, and it's enough to know that your God is bigger than all of those burdens. So my question to you again is, is Jesus your God? The only one who's big enough to overcome our burdens. The only one who has already overcome the world. The only one in whom we can find peace no matter how crazy and tumultuous this world and our circumstances become. And here's one way you can answer that question. How insecure are you feeling this week? How insecure are you feeling this week? that'll go a long way to revealing who your God really is, or at least where your focus really lies. Is it on yourself and the things that are going on, as difficult and challenging and scary as they may be? And then you probably felt an awful lot of insecurity in the past days. And more is probably coming as the test of your character continues to ramp up. But if your focus is on Jesus and he remains your God, probably had the same exact issues and concerns and challenges and difficulties in your week that the person next to you did 
And yet somehow you've been able to maintain a heart that's at peace. And you found that peace in him as you've maintained your focus on him. So here it is. Time to choose your character. Will you be insecure in yourself? Or will you be secure in your Savior? Which character trait will you choose? Insecurity or the security that comes only from a God who's bigger than our burdens? Perhaps you've tuned in this morning, whether you've been a part of our church family for a long time or whether you've just wandered into our online service this week hoping that maybe there's an answer you haven't found yet. And maybe you're in a situation where you've never trusted in Jesus before. You're not even sure how to do that. And I want to express to you in simplest terms I know how you can make that decision today. To understand that Jesus really is who he says he is, which is God himself who has become man and has come to us because we couldn't get to him. Choosing Jesus and making him your God involves recognizing that he's done what he says he could, only he could do. That in becoming man, he lived a perfect life the only one who ever has because he was also God. And while every one of us, us has failed in some point to live up to God's standards in life, he was perfect in every point. Despite that, he was willing to sacrifice his life on the cross, giving himself up in order to pay the penalty for the sins that you and I have committed, the things that we have done wrong to him and to others and even to ourselves. And in that moment of sacrifice on that cross, he made us able to make him our God and for us to become his child. And the way that we do that is by trusting that who he says he is and what he said only he could do is all that it takes for us to become a child of God, to have our sins forgiven, to have a right relationship with the God who made us and loves us so much that he would stop at nothing to come and make us his. He's already done all the work on the cross. There's nothing you can do. There's no amount of good you can accomplish. There's no amount of church service you can attend or watch online in order to experience a right relationship with God and make up for whatever wrong you've done. But in this moment even, you could make the decision to trust in him, not only as your God, but as your Savior. To let him give you the freedom from anything that you've done in your past. And the confidence that anything that comes in your future, he is able to handle to begin a new life in him and then making him your God, know that he is bigger than your burdens. If you'd like more guidance on how to take that step to make that decision, or perhaps you just did it, we would love to hear from you. Hey, get a hold of us through the comment section and uh, connect with us, and we would love to connect with you and give you some, some help and walk with you in the journey that you've just begun in a new relationship with Jesus Christ. If you're already a follower of his, if you're already one of his disciples, 
then I want to encourage you. In these troubling times, your character is about to be tested. And knowing that that's coming, I want to remind you all over again, preparing for the trouble that God knows is coming and we don't know the details of, involves focusing once again on him, ensuring that he remains our God, taking the focus off of ourselves and not relying on our own knowledge, our own confidence, our own understanding, our own ability, or anyone else to come to our rescue. But instead, knowing that Jesus is bigger than your burdens. And trusting that since he has already overcome the world, he can guide you through it until you get to experience him for all eternity. I want to invite you one more time to join your hearts together with everyone else who's scattered throughout our church family, throughout northern Michigan, wherever you are right now, would you put your focus on God himself as we speak to him together? God, we thank you for giving us enough truth in your word that you even include the flaws and shortcomings of our heroes like these disciples who tried and tried and tried and still failed sometimes to keep you as their focus, to trust in you no matter what went on around them. And God, we thank you that in a time like this, we have the opportunity to learn from their mistakes, to choose that our character will match yours even more than that of your followers. God, would you allow us in right now to shift our focus from ourselves, from the trouble all around us, from the unknown of whatever's coming for the rest of this week, and even shift our character from these disciples we've taken a close look at today and focus solely on you. Would you renew our faith that you are our God, and you are bigger than our burdens. As we trust in you, we look forward to the opportunities you give us to be light in a dark place during difficult times. We ask you, we invite you, as we keep our eyes focused on you, that we would be able to see through your eyes the opportunities all around us to love like Jesus, to care for one another, and to reach out to those who aren't here yet in order to express what you look like. That in these dark times, your light would shine even brighter. And that even in the midst of trouble, you would allow us to remain in your peace. In Jesus' name, amen. I invite you now to go confidently in this week without fear, without concern of what's coming next, it's probably not all going to be good. But Jesus Christ says, take heart, I have overcome the world. I got this. And if he is your God, he's bigger than your burdens this week. We look forward to connecting with you further. We'll see you in the comment section.